Welcome everyone to Keep Hope Alive, starring yours truly, Tony Derillis. This podcast is about a genuine, authentic experience about a young man navigating the foster care system and making it to the other side, defying statistics. This podcast covers former and current foster youth, not just in New York City, but across the country. Tony shares all of what's happening in foster care to uplift and empower foster youth, foster parents, agency staff, and social workers. Keep hope alive. Until next time. All right. It is Tony Derillis. You already know this, y'all. It's the vibes. Um, back here with another episode. We got the one and only Ella with us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to do the little intro as we always do. Uh, tell them about yourself. Okay, my name is Ella. But you could call me Ella, 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 Ella. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm 27 and I've been in foster care. I, I'm I'm going to say like eight to nine years. I'm kind of like right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And like, what was the, um, so like when you aged out, did you age out at like 21 or did you sign yourself out? No, I aged out at like 21 and a half. Okay. You got extension of policy? Yeah, for like oh, okay. me. Yeah, it was so dope. Like honestly, they wanted me out though. They was like, "No, you have to go. Like I'm ready for you to go." But you know, it's all right. We'll talk about that. Okay, okay. Yeah, they was ready. No, they was ready because I'm about to tell you a whole spiel, honey. Because I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> they was ready. <laughs> So like yeah, we we gonna get into that. I got I got my question ready for that one, but I want to know um like how exactly did you end up like getting into care? Like what did that look like for you? So I was my father was very abusive, and um, I started running away at eight. So then like I had like a lot of cops come to my house. So one of them, okay, because I don't want to curse, but one of them was telling my father like oh like you should get um a ward of a state and to cover your butt that's what that, that's literally what they he told him they told him yeah they told him and he did it and one day I got in trouble I because at the time I was going through a lot of anger issues mm-hmm. so I like I had like ran away or whatever so I um got enrolled in school and when I got enrolled in school like he found out where I was so I kind of got into a fight with this girl over a chair yeah I had real bad anger issues at the time so I got in trouble for like fighting this girl and something really bad happened to her but anyways anyways um they like handcuffed me and since and literally my father came like five minutes before they were gonna take me into the police car and it was like oh she's a word of a saint like and so instead of taking me to the precinct they took me into um acs mm. yeah oh first was Ave. it the, um the one on first half right the yeah 
Yo, Next to let, let, let me ask you this. What was your experience like over there? Because I, I have my own story. Yo, like, the first time I went there, like, I was really nice, you know, like, because I didn't know nothing about it. And they really, like, they placed me in, like, Staten Island. And I was, like, over it because I was, like, you think I'm not going to run away? I'm going to still run away. So then... <laughs> So then they put me there the first time. The second time they did the same thing. Then the third time, yo, I, I will never forget this story because it was me and like three other girls. And I swear to you, I'm not even lying. Like, I wish I, I, I would remember them, their names and stuff like that. But these three girls, right? And me, like, we literally like ran out and like escaped ACS through the staff and all of that. Mind you, they was like freaking chasing us. And like we went through like the back and stuff and then we got into a cab, we hopped the cab and we like took it all the way to like 34th Street. We hopped the cab, yo, it was a crazy night. And then we came back like a few days later, yeah. And they that like, like a whole movie. Yeah, yo, I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, like, if I really go into detail, like, you would be like, yo, what was wrong with y'all? Yeah. We was fighting the, like, security got the ACS security to get out. They was, like, chasing us, like, okay, so in the back, they have, like, um, trucks and stuff like that. We was going through that, like, then we were hiding from them. <laughs> Yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. But it was like one like one of the funniest memories I will never forget, like honestly. But yeah, but I'm not telling you what to do. Don't do that if you are going to ACS. They're really trying to help you. But I wasn't trying to understand that at the time. I was still trying to do whatever I wanted to do because I was young, you know. I was smoking, I was drinking, I was chilling, like, you know, so. Okay, that was that was quite the story. That was quite yeah, the story. What yeah. what um did you move around in a lot of different frost homes? Well, I was mostly in like well at the beginning I was in um what is that that called? Residential treatment facility? No, residential like home? No, no, it was like a assessment it was like an assessment one. Mm. so an assessment group home and then I kept running away from them too like yo honestly like most of the times that I was like in that assessment like I was running away and like the crazy thing about it was like I was bringing other girls to run away with me so they started telling the girls like listen she already knows where she's going so I don't think you should like go AWOL with her but they were still AWOL with me like yeah it was crazy yeah but after that, I went to, like, because I was such a, like, a waller, they put me upstate in um, Linden Hill. Oh, my God. Yo, the worst experience ever. I'm not, but I learned so much there. But it was, like, really, like, a triggering experience. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to that, right, because... We've both been in yeah, that so, similar spot, right? Know, um, you know. 
I, I... <laughs> listen. Um, let, let's go back to like the 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 A wall part too, right? Because I feel like that do, that doesn't get enough attention, and like that's yeah. actually one of the things that I want to do a solo episode on myself is just breaking down a walling. But like from your perspective, like what were some reasons why you a wall specifically? Well, honestly. <laughs> I was being an idiot, honestly. Uh, for me personally, I was just going out there and go hanging out with my friends, smoking, drinking. I would come back math messed up, and then like I appreciate like, you like curbing the. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying to learn to stop cursing so much because it's mm. not good. Like, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. Like honestly, mostly when I was in um, what was it called? Geller, I think it's, I don't know if you've ever been there, but Geller House in Staten no. Island. What's that? So that's the assessment um, group home, right? And first of all, I didn't want to be there because it was like boys and girls. And I was still like going through my own personal things because I had been in a relationship with somebody and they was not the person to be with and I was trying to run away from them and then also like I just thought like why should I be there like I didn't do nothing wrong like I felt like why am I getting in trouble for something my parents did like that was I felt like that wasn't fair to me and like I was like I didn't see it as help I saw it as me getting into like trouble because he wants to you know say that he can't control me because of stuff that he did you know so it was mostly that for me yeah okay do you feel like also though that like a walling was like you wanted to like have that sense of normalcy though like just feeling like a regular teenager as opposed to like being locked in all the time well Oh, because I was leaving every single day, I kind of did have that normal see. Like, literally, it was like I was leaving and coming back home. And, like, the only difference is that when I did come back, like, they would check me like I was a drug dealer or something. Like, right. are you yeah. going to do a cavity check next? Like, I used to be so angry about that, too. But anyways, you know, um, but I guess so. Like, I wanted to be normal. I wanted... I, I was what, like 14, 15, like I wanted to have fun. I, I was young, like yeah. I wanted to live my own life. Yeah. I feel that, I feel that. Yo, I always say that like one of my biggest things was like, I, I didn't feel like I had that sense of normalcy. And like, yeah. I just like being around people that I didn't know who you were, right? And then like exactly. feeling like I was, caged in with staff that I don't care about so like it was always like an unusual experience for me and then the girls wanted to fight me because and then I was already open and willing to fight so that was another thing too like like I, I think I got into like three fights in in just Geller house alone no I think that's the only 
place that I got into a fight because our hormones were like so raging like we're 14 15 I think the youngest person was like eight years old and I think the oldest was like 16 yeah so it was crazy and then like because there was boys there too so it wasn't like all girls oh. you know so you could kind of so then they wanted to impress them too. It was just, it was just a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. yeah. Woo! <laughs> um, let's get into Lennon Hill, cause that that's yeah. so. Br- br- actually, um, before we get into the story part, though, break down exactly what. Like, what is Linden Hill and, like, why, like, who okay. goes there? Yeah. So, Linden Hill is a restricted treatment facility. That's what it's, RTF stands for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's levels. So, it's RTF and there's RTC. So, an RTF is a fully locked down facility. It's technically, like, you're in jail, but for kids. Technically. Yeah. It's not too far yeah. Yo, <sighs> mind you, the food was disgusting. The food was disgusting. I, I, you know, I had to break it. Like, and then they thought they was doing something when like Thanksgiving came around. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, you you can sense like the fakeness from them too. Like, they just wanted you to be on freaking medication. That's all they wanted. Like. If you didn't have a mental situation, you had to have a medical situation. Either one, you had to be on some type of medication. Like, and I remember like going there and like there was people like fiends out, like they was like drooling because they were so stuck on the, the medication that they was getting. And I, I'm the type of person who's like, you can't tell me what to do. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you know, but I had a lot of issues there. But anyways, that 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 situation is for like people that are like. For me, it was because I was a chronic a waller, so they didn't want me to leave the facility. For other people, it might have been something different. But then, an RTF is a restricted treatment center, and they have more like freedom, so they could go back home. They can like um have like uh weekend passes they don't have to get drug tested because i was drug tested every single time yo then they had me in a drug test oh you remember um what's it called road to recovery yes yeah oh my god jesus Jesus. speak your truth speak your truth no jesus jesus knows how much i hated that because honestly it was like you're not helping me. Like, once I leave out of here, I'm still going to go smoke. I'm just going to tell you I'm going to stop smoking right now. Yeah, I ain't going to smoke no more. Yeah, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, honey. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Pray. Listen, I said it all. Once I got a little ounce of freedom, I was smoking again. I was drinking again. Because it's not about when somebody else wants you to stop. It's when you're ready to stop and when you want to stop and when you want something better for yourself. But anyways, let me stop talking because I would drag it on. No, I, I feel that. And I think the major thing that a lot of agency staff have to realize is that being in these sort of environments, 
incentivizes us, the, the young people, to lie to you. Like we're not listen, we're not trying to stay there any longer than we have to. We don't exactly. like the rules, we don't like the protocols, we don't like most of the young people in there, our peers, right? We just want some sense of normalcy and we just we're gonna do what we usually will do. Um exactly. and that's not gonna stop. <laughs> so exactly. Um I don't know. I, I just remember it was a frustrating experience. I remember, like, yo, I just want to get out of here. And, yeah, it was it was a lot. What, what do you feel like, like, being at, in Linden Hills specifically, like, what do you feel was, like, was there any anything that you did like? Was there any highlights? Or can you the like <laughs> Honestly, for me, like, I was mostly always in trouble. Like, I had, I, I was trying to AWOL, like, from, from Linden Hill. Like, literally, I had, like, it was winter time. It was snowing outside. There was snow on the ground. And I had, like, some little poom-poom shorts on, some chancletas. Yo, I promise you, they will forever <laughs> say that. I had some chancletas on. I had something like this. And like uh, my Hello Kitty shirt that I still have to this day, like and like some poom poom shorts and some chancletas. Yo, how the hell I made it to the train station? I don't even know. You wait, don't you you uh you ran there? Yeah, yo, I don't even know how, son. Then I I, I came to the oh. train station. Yeah, cause I'm like okay, so I had been on some like trips. To like, you know how that was the best part of like Linda Hill. They used to take us oh, to the like, trips. Uh, yeah, to the library. That used to be my favorite because I was like, oh, I'm about to be on Facebook. But you know, so um, okay. yeah. And then when they used to take us to the mall and to get our nails done, yeah, well, you know, it was different for the girls. But so they used to do that. So I started noticing the route to the train station. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, we would stop, like, to get something to eat. And, like, the train station was literally behind where that little, like, little, like, block of, like, stores was. That was the worst thing they could have done for me because that was like, oh, okay, now I know how to get there. So I got there. And you know what these people did to me? They called the, they called the police. They called the police. So then I started seeing the police. And then I started walking to Pleasantville, trying to walk to Pleasantville. Ooh. Yo, midway there, I promise you, they was like, no, the sheriff came. And that was the worst. Because they was trying to, like, get me to, like, go inside the car. So I had the sheriff and, like, three other cops. And then I, they didn't grab my feet. So, like, I was trying to, like, Put my feet between the car door and the other little thing and i i was not trying to go inside the car because i was like oh no they're about to they're about to bring me back they're about to bring me back and i was about to get in a lot of trouble so but then they took me to the hospital they took me to the hospital yeah anyways okay. it was crazy no i yeah. i i know i know um just to give it a little bit of context too like like what what's the day in the life at a rtf you know like at, at linden hill like what what does the usual day look like 
for some people who might not know what that what uh what it what it. Okay, so at the okay, it depends. Like Monday through Friday, you will go to school that literally is up the road. Like literally, like the RTF is right here and the school is right here. So you will literally like they will like walk you as like your military. They will put you in a line and you would have to walk like so okay so there was two sides one was the men the boy side and then one was the girl side and it was like hold on it was excuse me one two three so we were five we were i don't know if it was it was called cottage five and then mm -hmm. it was cottage three and cottage four and then cottage five well, all of the cottages would have to like line in a single file and then walk to the to the school. And then after school, you would like get a little snack <laughs> and like you would have to do your homework. And then you have like two hours or three hours of like watching TV or doing a like recreational like um, whatever. And then they would have dinner and then you would get ready for bed. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. That was life. Yeah. Talk talk a little bit about the levels. Yo, oh my god. I, I'll, I'll say for me, right? Mm -hmm. I'll just let it be known. Like for me, nothing aggravates me more than than knowing that your life, literally your life, life. is like posted on a wall, and like you have to abide by this, right? Um, they have the schedule. Uh, and they have the levels, right? And the levels determine how many privileges you can get, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So break all that down and just like let people know like what what exactly levels look like. <laughs> so um so level one was like you couldn't do nothing, like you had to stay inside. Level two, like I think it was the same thing. Like level three was probably like the same thing. Now four, you would get a little bit more privileges. Like you were, you would be able to go to like um, the library or like local stuff, right? And then if you was level five, you could go on all the like trips, and you could like go to like for a weekend pass to to somewhere where they know that you are. So let, let's say that you had a, a pass to go to see your parents, which I don't know why would you have a pass to see your parents if they're taking you away from your parents. But anyways, so let's say I had a pass to go see my dad. Like they will call him and they will give me like two um, Metro North tickets. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, but before that, they will like train you, have to like go on the train like the Metro North and like, you know, which is very useful, like for people that don't know about like the public system. Yeah. But when, when you're from New York, that's like, is it kind of embedded in you? Cause like you grew, you grew up like in New York city transit, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but for like somebody that did live in like, Westchester and Long Island and got moved there they wouldn't know how to like 
actually get on the train because they're not used to that, right? So I think that was very helpful. Um, but other than that, like, I was, at the beginning, like, the first year that I was there, I was always on level, level one. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then after I started, like, getting, I, I think I started getting smart because, or I started adapting because I was like, okay, so if I do this, they're going to give me more privileges and then I'm going to be able to do whatever the hell I want and still pretend like, you know, I got it, you know? So I started doing that and then I started running away when I would get those passes. <laughs> I did like, it was crazy because a week before my uh, 18th birthday, I was like, you know what, forget this. And I went to go get my tongue pierced, right? And no, I think that was on my 18th birthday. I oh, went to go get I my tongue I remember when you got that tongue piercing too, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> yo, they was like, oh no, you have to take that out. I was like, no, I'm not taking nothing out. You can't tell me nothing. I'm 18, you can't tell me nothing. They was like, if you're not gonna abide by their rules, then you have to like leave. And I was like, okay, I'm signing myself out. And I literally signed myself out because of a piercing. But it was the best decision that I made because after that, like I left that place I gave my stuff away to like a friend of mine to hold, which that person never held it. I think like, anyways, I'm not going to say what I think, but, um, after that, like a week and a half later, after I left that, I, I, um, you remember Jarrell? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yes. Jarrell told me cause he was having a group or whatever. And that was one of the groups that I was going to when, um, when um we would get like the point system they would give us like it would be at the lgbtq center and uh he would like because he was working for lawyers for children yeah. he would tell yeah. us about like services and he was like you know if you do age out or whatever not age out if you do like um leave foster care or whatever and you want to go back into it because you have until 21 like you could re-sign yourself into care and I remember that and like a week after I got there I mean after I left um Linden Hill I went into the court and I said I cannot do this by myself like I need help and they literally put me in the best changing experience of my life mm. yeah and I'm so grateful that I was put there um, into a group home and now it wasn't a RTF so I had more freedom which I at the beginning I like kind of like went crazy because I didn't have freedom for so long in Linden Hill I went crazy and I went and messed up a lot of things but in that process of me messing up it came back together type thing if that makes sense yeah okay okay now, I, I think that's, uh, I like that it came in full circle, too, because one of the things I was going to ask in the beginning was, like, what motivated you to stay in care, right? Because, mm -hmm. listen, a lot of people want to age, no, a lot of people want to sign themselves out of care, right? They're like, yeah. I'm 18? I'm out of here. Like, you don't got to yeah. tell me twice, right? So 
that's usually the situation for a good chunk of, of young people. It's like, I'm getting out of here. So I think it's really interesting that even though you were in a position where you're, uh, you're in your previous experience, you're like, I'm AWOLing, I'm living my best life, I don't care, right? And then like afterwards, it's like, hmm, maybe this, this system can actually help me uh, and elevate me to, to new things until I figure it out. So I thought that was an interesting perspective. You know, honestly, I kind of feel like I've only had that perspective because of Jarrell. And mm. Jarrell played a major part in like my growth in my childhood because I needed an ally right. in Linden Hill. And he was that ally for me. Like, he, uh, yo, honestly, like, I, he was one, he's one of the people that I thank a lot, because I, if I didn't know I could go back into the foster care system, I don't know where I would be right now, honestly, because I was already, like, being wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So, like, for you, that was, like, a big turning point, right? Like, it was something that, like, really transformed you and, like, yeah no it really did it really did because because up there i didn't talk about this but up there when you AWOL and they put you down like a mm. freaking dog and like they try to put booty juice in you <laughs> oh no not the booty juice <laughs> no i haven't heard that in so long <laughs> tell oh me God. not, son. Tell me they don't try to do that. Yo, one time they put me in a padded room and try to give me booty juice. And like, you know what's crazy? Because the person that was gonna give me the booty juice, I knew him from like Geller House. So like he had like talked to me and like he was like, you know, what what is going on? Cause he was like a like um I don't know. He was like one of the people that worked there that administrated like um, medication and stuff. And he was kind of like a clinical psychologist, I guess, mm. but also administrated that stuff. So he like talked to me and I told him like, these people are trying to keep me in here like dogs. And, and then he like talked me down and like, they just put in me in the padded room and they didn't give me booty juice. But if I didn't know him personally, the, the next one that would have came in would have gave me the booty juice. They, and I would have probably been fiend out, like, you know? Wait, so, so for all the people who, um, who are listening to this, right? Like, it, me and you both know what it is. But, like, break down what booty juice is. It's an sedative, a sedative, a sedative. Oh, a sedative. Where, yeah, sedative, yeah. A sedative, okay, listen. If I'm saying it wrong, you already know what it is. Or sedative? I don't know. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah. it's supposed to like, it's like medica concentrated medication mm -hmm. to like calm you down because you're too hyper, you're too this, and you need to calm the heck down. That's what it is. Yeah. So honestly, like I've been in, and they call it a hold, a hold. And like, that's the worst experience ever, especially if like, you've ever been in a traumatic situation 
that would just trigger it more. And like, honestly, it was like the horriblest thing in my life, honestly. And, and that's another reason why I wanted to run away more because how the hell are you putting me down like I'm, I'm an animal and I couldn't breathe? Like, yo, it was like, like how they do chokeholds, like the, the police yeah. do chokeholds. Yeah, like it, it was so horrible. I couldn't breathe. Like, and it was like, calm down. Calm. How am I supposed to calm down if I can't breathe? You know, it, it, it was a really horrible experience, but. I'm sorry. Yeah, that. yeah I, 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 I feel you on that, too, because um, I like what you said, too, about how it might re-trigger uh, certain things, because I know for me, uh, I experienced some terrible physical abuse when I was younger. So, like. Yeah getting into a whole, like, I remember there was an incident, uh, I was in the hospital, and I remember the kids started with me, right? Yeah. It's not like I was acting out for no reason, right? And I wilded out. I, don't, I honestly don't even know what I did. I just blacked out, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I just remember the kid was on the floor, and they're like, cold, uh, I think it was cold blue, cold or white, one of the two, and they're like, I see a bunch of people just Bull rushing Storm me. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Um, no. and they just like whoop, got the booty juice, and I was like knocked out. But like, yeah, I just remember like, Hold oh crap, oh crap. Like I was getting like flashbacks, and I'm just like, Hold on a second. Was Rod when you was there, was Ronnie there? Yeah. He was yeah. like a big fella. And Omar, you remember Omar? Son, I'm sorry because, like, if those people, and I'm going to say people because these, I I'm not going to curse, but these people are, like, yay high. They're, like, mad tall. And then Ronnie, I'm sorry, but he was kind of chunky, kind of chunky-ish. So if he's on top of you and you're about to die, you're about to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So especially because we're young and we're, like, little you know, I, well, I was little worse before, yeah, so like, you know what I mean? Like, they was trying to kill us. They was trying to kill us. Yeah, I, oh man, I do not want to relive those days. I would not go back to that ever, ever. Like, yo, I would literally shut that place down because there's no way that that's even humane to be treating kids like that. You, you, you're not the police. You, like, you are not trained to, to put kids down like that. You shouldn't be trained to put kids down like that, especially with behavioral problems, like, and emotional issues that, like, especially if, like, the, if they have a histories of being, like, abused or anything like that, like, you should not be doing that to kids, period. I agree. I feel like they definitely need some better training and more extensive training, um, for sure. But, like, I'm curious, too, like, what else do you feel like would be, like, just, uh, age, like, group homes, residential treatment facilities, like, in general, like, what do you feel would be, like, something that would be, would be something that you would change? Honestly, I would change the RTF. That was my mm. biggest issue, like, was there. Because even in the group home, like, 
even after like okay once I got out of like the RTF or whatever like I had freedom so like I said I went crazy because I didn't have that before so but even though that was happening and I was doing my own thing there was three people in that group home that showed me love wow and because of those people like honestly because of those three women like honestly like that changed the course of my life i graduated granted not when they wanted me to but at least i graduated you know um it was it was just it was just different if i had that type of care up there even though my perspective was different up there because i had to grow a little bit more like nothing really changed when i like when i got in there i was when and when i left i was still the same person just a little bit older mm. and more knowledge of not trying to take medication cuz i swear everybody and their mother was on medication <clears throat> they had yeah. me on medication and i didn't even need it i didn't even need it as soon as i got out i was like i'm not taking that because they would force you to take that too like who are you my mother that's a really interesting point you make too because whew, I, I i'm not gonna hold you i actually did a whole i think i went in for like 20 minutes <laughs> on one episode it was on my season one but yeah. um i it's almost exactly the same experience of yeah. it felt like they were just trying to force medication on me and I remember I had like Respiradol and Depakote and like these moose, uh, Abilify I think was another one too. Yeah. And it was all yes. these stabilizers and like, we're just trying to make you, um, we're just trying to help you, right? But like for me, I, I strongly believe that it's, uh, your environment has a very strong influence on your mental health state. Of so, course. like, for me, if I'm not feeling comfortable around the staff and I'm not feeling comfortable around the bears, like, I'm still, and, like, I don't feel like my trauma is being uh, processed in a healthy manner. Like, I, I feel re-triggered. Like, I constantly yeah. feel, like, why am I taking medication? Um, for me, I, I've always felt like I needed to be around healthy, positive people that would nurture me. And like, personally, yeah. I'm just like you. Like, I literally, uh, once I got out of Goldsmith, um, which is like uh, the opposite of uh, Linden Hill, the all boys um, community, yeah. I literally stopped taking medication. I was just like, listen, uh, for me, it was it was twofold, right? Like, I, my mom was was the person that like, not medication, but she gave me like supplements and vitamins and stuff. But it was a traumatizing experience for me. But yeah. on top of that, like the feeling of them forcing it upon me, I was like, nope, I'm not doing this no more. So, but my whole thing is, why would you, why would your first instinct would be to push medication on 15, 14 year olds that are going through a growing stage of they're gonna be, it's like, yo, it's crazy. It's like when, um, five-year-olds go to see a psychiatrist and they say no you have they have adhd right off the bat they have adhd mm. no they don't they're kids 
we're growing at that age we're growing we're trying to figure ourselves out we're trying to figure out out our environment and if we've been in unhealthy situations we're more unstable so granted medication could help but that should not be your first initial reaction for a young growing person and uh, like honestly like what you said is so right like your environment plays a major part in your growing in your growing health period because if you're growing up in a okay if you grow grew up in a box all your life and now you're now they opened the box now you're in a whole nother world and like Lyndon Hill was a whole nother world for us and for them to put on even more negative interactions with us made it even worse instead of creating positive interactions which they tried with the field trips but if you were good honestly who is gonna be good in a situation where they don't want to be in one two like you're locking us down and we're away from civilization literally where you literally like when you go outside all you see is grass and like trees and shit like oh sorry excuse my language trees and stuff and you know like it's like it's like a whole new world to us it's like you're it's like you putting a fish out of water and expecting it to survive you it can't it can't you have to like make sure that it's getting its nutrients it's getting its water to survive if you want that fish to survive outside of water you have to constantly put water on it constantly make sure that it's getting its nutrients to survive in a in a natural organic way but anyways yeah hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, your experience at Represent Magazine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Represent Magazine was the bomb, honestly. My biggest regret with that is leaving so soon and mm. not fully establishing connections with the editors there and it wasn't on them it was more on me <sighs> that's my only biggest regret honestly because they were so wonderful to me like they showed me something about myself that I didn't know and being able to write in a space where I'm free to write what I want and speak my truth and be able to, for other people to hear me when I couldn't even hear myself was the most amazing thing that I recommend everybody to like go to represent magazine, honestly, because yeah. they told me a lot of things. Yeah. They're a great source. Wait, what year did you go? That was so long ago. I don't remember. I don't remember. Was it 2011? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm just Yo, kidding, cause like, I literally was there 2010, summer of 2010. I, I but I remember you there. Remember? Yeah, we, were, we were in the same, um, we were there at the same time, but like, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I really, I really, um, and th for those who don't know, Represent Magazine, you know, is for teens, by teens, and we write our own life stories to inspire others who might be in that same situation. Um, I know for me, like, Represent Magazine was like my sanctuary. I stayed there for like, damn, six years, I think? I, I wrote there for a long time. Um, yeah. And uh, I know for me, like, just having people who were, who had similar experiences as myself, like that just made me feel more comfortable. Yeah, honestly, like I loved going to Represent Magazine. Like that was one of the trips that I would go on because I was on level five. Cause like I said, I was trying to get like where I could like have some freedom. So like having that space alone, like to get out of like Linden Hill, for mm -hmm. like those four or five hours and like even after it finished like I would have like that hour and a half extra to just like be like oh my goodness I'm in the city like this is what I know like I'm comfortable here even though I have to go back to this place but at least I have a little bit of control right now mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. like I'm also curious, too, because, like, as we talk about, like, things that kind of, like, held us down, like, what, because, like, you know, you, you, uh, you talked a lot about, like, A-walling, uh, you know, getting into certain stuff, right? Like, what do you feel was, like, something that, like, really held you down? Like, what was something that really helped you to push forward when, like, you really just wanted to give up and, like, oh, this is too much for me? Well, it depends. It depends on which group home we're talking about. Because if we're talking about Linda Hill, like, it was so different from when I was in the group home. Mm. You know, because um, up there, I did learn some, like, coping mechanisms that I was using that <laughs> only... <laughs> only worked when I was up there, honestly. <laughs> because in real life... Because in real life, I never used them except one, which was music. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, um, can you tell me the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, it was just like, like when you felt like you were down and out and like, there was just like a really difficult time where um, you weren't sure how you were going to push forward or move on with a certain, like whatever circumstance you were in. Like what? What kept you going? Like what? What kept you uh, motivated and, and looking forward to the next thing, even when you wanted to give up? Okay, and I and I know this all sounds negative, but I'm about to say something that is gonna be very very controversial. Okay. I'm sorry, but this is what literally helped me get through foster care too. And I do not recommend it now because I know that it was a way for me to escape in a sense. And I would say I would smoke weed and that's being honest. From the time that I left Linden Hill to like maybe like two years ago, I was smoking to like compensate for whatever I was going through. And that's not healthy because all I was doing was 
pushing all my feelings and my emotions down instead of actually talking about it. But what I would say is, um, I did go to therapy. Therapy was bomb. Like, but I didn't, I didn't do therapy in like Linden Hill. I did therapy in like um, the group home and that was amazing. In the group home, having that therapist to talk to, somebody familiar that I constantly saw, like what also helped me besides the other thing that I said. But I would not recommend smoking because you're not really... Honestly, you're not really like dealing with the issue, even though you think that you're like, oh no, it's over. Like, no, you're like just suppressing all those feelings and emotions. And eventually it it will come out in like more vicious ways, honestly. Mm. Wow. Now, I appreciate you for sharing that because I think, um, like, I always say there's no guide, there's no manual for this foster care stuff. So it's like, you're literally just trying to fight for yourself, right? And like, yeah. it's just hard making it each and every day, you know? And yeah. I don't, I don't feel like um, people give themselves enough credit sometimes, yeah. right? Like, it, you're extremely strong for even having to go through all that, so. But honestly, I feel like my biggest, like, I was only feeling like that and like, Linden Hill because once I got to like an actual group home Mm. it was different like even though I was still doing I was still smoking I was still doing my own thing it was it was different like I didn't feel that that negative like energy Mm. like at Linden Hill like I don't know it felt really cold up there like it's cold not like literally oh my god it's cold no like that energy there is cold like and yes there are some like um staff that are nice and friendly but not all of them were and at that time when you're going through like those changes you need those people around you that excuse me that are like that have good energy that you know they want to see you strive they want to see you get out of there they don't want to see you there you know like and I had that once I got into a foster, no, foster care, foster care, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, what would you tell, like, your younger self? Like, if, uh, now looking back on everything, like, what, what do you feel would be, like, just, like, one single advice that you would give to your younger self when you were in the foster care system? Listen, I- I'm going to tell me three things. One, stay. Oh, okay, don't let me. <laughs> Save as much as, listen, if you could start saving at 15, listen, if you put $10 aside, put $10 aside and don't touch it. Don't touch it at all. Don't even look at it. Pretend that money don't even exist. Save. Because that's one thing I will say. They never tell you how hard it is once you leave foster care. And try to figure out, like, also, like, if you were ever to be in a predicament where you had to get, um, to get, like, some help or some assistance or anything, that you're able to, like, know where to go. Because, okay, so 
once I left foster care and I went into my, my apartment or whatever, because you do get an apartment and make sure you have good company around because then people, oh Lord Jesus, if they're not for you, they, and if they don't got nothing going on for them, listen, there's a saying that, hold on, what is the saying? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, um, the, as, no, if the person doesn't have anything to lose, they will help you lose everything along with it. You know what I mean? And it's sad to say that, but it's the truth. And, you know, make good decisions, make good decisions, you know? <laughs> I don't know. No, I feel um, that. I feel that. Um, I will say, oh, one yeah. more thing, and I will say, I will say, try to get close to some type of, like, higher power that you believe in, because honestly, that's another thing that changed my life, but we, that's a whole nother episode if you want to get into that. For like, okay. okay. Yeah. No, I like that. I appreciate that, too, because, like, I think, um, man, there's way too many things. Like, I know I, li I limited to, like, one, but, like, there's a lot of things I wish I would have known, right? Like, yes. like even, even simple things, like, you are lovable, right? Like, your voice has yes. matters. Um, yes. That you will, like, everything will be okay. Like, it, even stuff like that would have, like, would yes. have been mind-blowing for me as a 14, 15-year-old in Boston. Or even having resources to, like, like Jarrell. Like, Jarrell mm -hmm. played a really big part in my life. Like, and having resources like Jarrell or, like, even, even having, like, the knowledge to where to go to if I need, like, um, mental health uh, services. You know what I mean? Because for a long time, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to, like, go to a therapy <laughs> you know especially because I felt like there was something wrong with me if I had to go to therapy so mm -hmm. like just stuff yeah, like that like that. yeah so just having these little resources like even like having an ID like little things like that because Honestly, like some people don't even have IDs or anything in the foster care system. And if you don't like yeah. have those things in the real world, like there's a possibility of so many other things to happen. But did you feel ready? Uh, like, let me ask you this. Did you feel ready um, when you aged out of foster care, right? And you, you had extension of policy for an extra half a year. Like, did mm -hmm. you still feel ready? To, to leave the foster care system? Like, what, no. like, what was going on in your mind? Like, walk me through that. Honestly, I kind of went into depression, honestly, because um, okay. I was so used to, like, being around people. I was used to being around my roomies. You know, I used to be around um, the staff there and even though those were good years, I never really dealt with my mental health. Like mm -hmm. the issues that I went through as a child with my father and all of those other things that come along with life. And then putting myself in a place, well, they put me in a, 
New York, New York three. So it's supportive housing, but I didn't know them people. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable like <laughs> even reaching out to them or anything like that. And then with my therapist, which was really sad, I realized that after foster care, they're not obligated to speak to you. So they don't, <laughs> you know? So that was harsh for me because I had gotten really attached to my therapist. And like, cause we were um, doing therapy for like five, for five years. Like, wow. like it was, yeah, it was the same therapist for like five years. And then once I got out, I didn't have nobody like I felt like I didn't like I didn't have my family obviously and then the foster care kids that I was with there they had their own lives too and they were still in foster care so they they was living their best lives you know and then I was stuck by myself in this apartment mm. these new feelings that I have and now I don't know what to do because I can't speak to my therapist because she's not obligated to speak to me and now I'm here. So, okay. But you know, honestly, those were growing, growing, growing pains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, technically. And you know, then yeah, <laughs> then you learn, you live, you learn, and you keep going. You know, so. Yeah, I think I think one of the hardest parts too, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like you were really like hinting towards this is like the fact that there's so many people that come in and out of our lives as foster youth. And like, mm -hmm. let's say there's someone that you're, you get really emotionally attached to and you're like, wow, this person's great. And like, I really vibe with them. And then they just like leave or they, they don't- disappear. Yeah, yeah, it's disappear. like, and then you're supposed to like, well, damn, like, I thought we was cool. Like, right. that's how I felt like, damn, like, you know, like, yeah, why you got to do me like that? You didn't have to do me like that, you know? But, you know, you live and you learn and, you know, you love them regardless because they were a part of your growth anyways, mm -hmm. you know, so. Is there a, do you have any, like, words of wisdom, any, like, final thoughts that you have? save <laughs> save the all your money save Yo, all she your is coins. all about the saving money for it i love this <laughs> no for real because yo honestly like i i i wasn't working but i was going mm -hmm. to school and like my rent was really cheap okay. but 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 there was a time where i could not pay the bills because honestly like i was going to school and then like I said, I was going through like whatever I was going through because of like foster care, leaving foster care or whatever. And then honestly, like I cannot pay the bills. So like my whole thing is save as much as you can. Save, save, save. If you can leave out of foster care with $10,000 saved, listen, you could do it. You could freaking do it. You could do it. Okay, maybe not 10000 but like five five yeah, a, a good amount though yeah, yes just, just in case for a rainy day you never know what might happen honestly like i was in a relationship with somebody and i let them speak into my ear and i moved to missouri 
I moved to Missouri. Yes, I moved to Missouri and lost everything, my housing and everything. So just yes, yes. So if you know, if I would have saved that money before I left foster care, one I would have been sick because I would have been like, okay, like you know what I mean, like. But I'm telling you, like, save all you can. Like, if that's my number one rule, save. And I will say it again, save some more. And if you can save some more, save some more. Okay, I'm back. I know that's right. Yo, that, that's literally all I've been doing during this pandemic is, like, saving, 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 saving. Like, yeah. Yeah. I might not have my 10K yet, but... Listen, but it's getting there, right? Up there. <laughs> you feel me? And that's all that matters. Like, it doesn't matter where you at. As long as you're trying to reach that goal, mm-hmm. listen, more kudos to you. Okay? <laughs> For real. Shoot. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I've been saving too, because I'm like, listen, this is a real rainy season right now, but, you know, for the grace of God, thank you, Lord, that I'm mm-hmm. still working. And, you know, I'm saving all my coins. Oh. So I would suggest everybody save their coins. Save your coins, especially if you're forced to care. Because, listen, you're not paying nothing but your phone bill. You, you're, you're more than capable of saving $25. Mm. Every time you get some money. Wow. $25, that's nothing. Literally, nothing. That's a quarter. Don't save a quarter though. Save twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's listening to this right now, but someone needs to hear this. You know what I'm saying? Someone needs to hear this. So you listen, do. To, listen to listen to Ella, Ella. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, speaking of say, like, do you feel comfortable uh, sharing like what you're doing right now? Like what you're What's your current life situation and like how you been? I'm good. I'm chilling. You know, I'm working. Um, okay, where you work at? I do security for a lot. Okay. But I'm, but I'm trying. Like once this, once this pandemic is over, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I could get like some more like um, certificates or something, so I could get some more money. Some okay. more something, cause honey, honey, honey. This is. I'm glad. I'm grateful, cause God knows that like there's a lot of people not working right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful. Um, but I, I I realized in this pandemic that I wanna like do more than what I'm doing now. Like, so. Um, but I'm also I was supposed to be doing school. Okay. But but I'm not a I'm not a learner that like learns online. Right. So I'm waiting for um <laughs> for school to open. I don't know if it's gonna be this year though. So <laughs> maybe next year. Right. Maybe next yeah. year. God willing, you know. Um but yeah. Okay, okay. And uh is there any kind of uh work work if people wanna like reach out to you, uh chop chop it up with you, is there any social media you feel comfortable uh sharing with them? Yes, so my Instagram is Ella, E-L-A, underscore, A-H, 
underscore. No, oh my God. I saw how I spell my. It's not that. <laughs> Cross that out. <laughs> Cross that out. I'm about to go to your IG right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ella E L A underscore B E L L underscore A H. Oh, okay, okay. Ella Bella. <laughs> and then if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Ella Graciela. Don't, don't listen. Hold on. Hey. How do I spell that? Um, <laughs> Ella E L L. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Ella E L L A. <laughs> and then Graciela G R A C I. E-L, I might be wrong, but listen, just hit me up on, <laughs> listen, I can't remember right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but just hit me up on Instagram, because you have more yo. luck there. You might have more luck there, hopefully. <laughs> Cross your fingers. <laughs> yo, hit her up on the, uh, the IG, though. Hit her up on FB. You know, y'all already know the vibes, only positive vibes only and uh yeah we we um i'm glad i chopped it up with you man like it's it's one of those things where like you know you've been through the experience already and like now it's like looking back it's like damn like i really i really survived you know yes survivors i'm a survivor i'm a something listen i don't know the words (laughs) Yo, we we, 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 we gonna give her an E for effort, y'all. <laughs> e for effort. Ooh, ooh, you see, there we go. There we go. <laughs> e for Ella, E for effort. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Listen. Okay. <laughs> Let me. Oh, Jesus. Hey, yo, y'all, this is Tony Derillis. Uh, keep hope alive. Everyone be well, be safe. I love all of y'all and Definitely, I hope y'all got a lot, a lot of value from this. And don't, don't forget, make sure to save. You know what I'm saying? Save. <laughs> Period. So. Period, Woo. Get it. Okay. So, that's it. Peace. Love y'all.